Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hi, I'm Sif Heider, the founder of Array. I'm a wellness entrepreneur and digital creator, and this is my show, The Dream Bigger Podcast. Listen, I love dreaming big, but you know what I love more? Actually having the resources to make those big dreams happen. And hey, dreams can sometimes be private jets, but other times they can look a little something like having the best skin of your damn life or starting a successful business, or delving into spirituality. So on this podcast, I chat with experts and thought leaders from different fields about their tips and tricks on doing exactly that. So let's get right into it. Hello, hello, friends, and welcome back to another episode of the Dream Bigger podcast. You guys, I am so excited to bring you today's episode because I have a guest who was requested by so many of you on either DMs or in the reviews. And I'm always really excited when I'm able to make an interview like this happen because it's like a direct response to something you guys are asking for. Of course, today's guest is none other than Lauren Ireland, who is the co-founder of Summer Fridays, which is an incredible skincare line. She's also a creator and a mother. So Lauren's story is really interesting because she is so multifaceted. And that is kind of what a lot of this conversation covers. You know, the concept of having a family while also having a work life that is so demanding. And, you know, Lauren goes over all her tips on productivity, how she thinks of things, um, just like the mindset around entrepreneurship, which is something you guys are really interested in. And I'm excited to continue to have conversations that spotlight this really, really important point, I guess, because I think a huge part of entrepreneurship is the mindset. So it's a really great conversation. I came out of it energized and I'm sure that you guys will you know, really learn a lot from Lauren and get a peek into her life, what it was like in the early days of starting Summer Fridays, her entire background. So it's an awesome conversation. And I'm really grateful to you guys as well for always suggesting amazing guests. So, you know, if you like I've said this before in the review section, drop in your guest requests. I will do my best to make that happen. All right. I guess this is a great segue to this week's review, which comes to us from you 92. Love the podcast. I'm loving the podcast and love to listen to the episodes featuring brand founders. I get so much out of these episodes as a founder of a small brand myself. Can't wait to hear more. As it so happens, of course, today's guest is another brand founder as well. And you guys, I've said this before, but if you do have a quick second, please take the time to rate and review the show. All you have to do is open the Apple podcast app. You may already have it open. Scroll down to the bottom where it says rate and review the show. And if you feel like I've brought you value, make sure you give the show a five-star rating. And in the review section, tell me anything you want me to know. 
what are your favorite topics? Which guests you want to see? Who have been your past favorite guests or interviews or solo episodes? The more you can tell me, the better. And, you know, this really helps me show up as the best host that I can possibly be while also delivering the content that you guys are really looking for. Also, of course, it helps Apple tell people that this is a great show and gets new people to discover the show, which is obviously also something that we want to happen. Okay, before we dive into the show, one last thing, which is this week's hot tip. So this is actually going to be around skincare because, of course, I am speaking to a skincare founder. But something that is not like a topical product, but that's really good for the skin is a silk pillowcase. I've been using one for a while. My one is from Slip. It's a really cute light pink color, but silk pillowcases are just much gentler on the skin. It's better for the hair. Our skin is like pretty sensitive. And so if you have something like silk that you're sleeping on, it just rubs against your skin less. And it's, I I guess it's just a lot gentler is how I would put it. So if you haven't yet switched over to a silk pillowcase, I suggest you do that. And the one I like is slip. All right. With that, let's welcome Lauren Ireland to the Dream Bigger podcast. So I want to dive in by asking you about your background. What were you even doing before Summer Fridays? <laughs> well, I definitely did not envision that I was going to have a beauty brand. I used to be a news anchor. That was my very first job. So when I got out of college, I got a job in Missouri. So I'm In Missouri? In Missouri, literally the middle of Missouri. But I actually <laughs> loved it. The people there were incredibly kind. It was where I started my career. I loved it. I was there for four years anchored a morning show, a morning news show. And I was also a reporter there. And then around that time, blogging started. I had started blogging on the side. And really, even the intention then, I will say, was was to actually get better on-air jobs because I had worked really in news. And a lot of my background was in hard news. And I used to cover things like politics and crime. And wow. So I, that's what oh I was mostly covering in Missouri. And so when I moved to LA, I was like, oh, I really want to get into more of like the lifestyle space. Mm -hmm. And that's what I really loved. And so originally when I started blogging, it was to be able to present in meetings this sort of lifestyle aspect of myself. And this is when I'm like in my mid-20s, just to kind of give it context. So what kind of stuff were you writing about that like, and and when you say that you wanted to do like lifestyle pieces, was it like entertainment, like define lifestyle? It was, no, it was more within wellness Mm. and home. And that was really what I loved and things like DIY, even DIY skincare. So I would start writing for wellness-focused sites. I would do like either monthly features for them or for some websites, I would do weekly features. And then I would also write on my own website. Right. And that was kind of how it originally started. Uh Then it kind of grew into its own thing because, again, this was sort of like when, when all of this was evolving. And then... I would, I maybe three or four years in, I'm trying to remember exactly, but this idea for Summer Fridays came to be. And I was newly pregnant with my son, who's now five, my son Evan. And you have a five year old. I have a five year old. Yeah. I have a five year old and one year old. You look like you're 20. I'm, I think, I, I love mean, your that, skincare works. You. <laughs> I think it's the skin. I'm 35. So it's, it's the skincare. <laughs> yeah, you definitely do not. Love and me I always say it's my mom. My mom looks very young herself. So I'm like, it's, it's some good, you know, hopefully good genetics that she'll <laughs> pass on to me. So yeah, this was, I was newly pregnant with my son, who's now five, and I was cleaning everything out in my beauty cabinet. And then also at this time, my friend and business partner, Mariana Hewitt, we had, always supported each other, always been good friends and sort of this like journey of we, she also used to be a television host. I was going to ask, is that where you guys met or like? We met through friends, but we had very 
parallel paths into kind of where we are now. Wow. And so we had, oh, and then we both wound up moving to LA. We're both Midwest natives. And so we had always been really supportive of each other kind of through this, you know, journey and career changes and all of that. And we had this idea for Summer Fridays. Obviously, it wasn't called Summer Fridays when we had the original idea, but we wanted to create skincare products that we really resonated with the branding of it, the ingredients that went into it. I wanted to feel good about what I was putting on my skin, especially when I was, you know, first time pregnancy and I was tossing everything in my beauty cabinet. And at the time, so this again, kind of just to give it context, this is 2016 of when we, when the idea sort of came to be. Mm -hmm. And at the time there were not a lot of, there weren't a lot of beauty brands that were clean and also had a brand story that really there was resonated nothing. with us. There was and now it's kind of funny to think about because now there's such, you know, there's so many options, which is incredible. But at the time there really were not. And so and it was also we wanted it to to be aesthetically really pleasing. We wanted it to be something we always see like we wanted it to bring us joy. You know, we wanted to look at the colors and the packaging and and all of that and have that be something that really felt like it resonated with us. And so this idea of Summer Fridays came to be. We formulated our jet lag mask first. We actually formulated three products together, but launched with our jet lag mask. That was our first product. And we launched in 2018. I mean, I think that your journey with Summer Fridays and like when it came to market, I always reference like the clean beauty revolution anytime I'm talking about wellness, because I think that wellness is going through exactly what clean beauty went through like a few years ago. And yeah. I think like you guys were really at the forefront of it because I remember when Summer Fridays launched, like I was like, wow, it's a really cool clean beauty brand. And up until then, clean beauty was like not the category that it is today. Mm -hmm. And then I think you guys really started this revolution that sort of happened. Like up until then, the branding just wasn't there to the same degree that it is today. So you guys were really at the forefront of Thank it, I feel you. like. Oh, I love that. Yeah. I love hearing that. And that was really important to us. We wanted something that felt cool and elevated and like you wanted it on your beauty counter. Totally. And you wanted to tell your friends about it. And it didn't just, it, it was not only, it felt like there were ingredients that were good for you, but then it also was a really efficacious product and it had ingredients that you liked and packaging that you liked. And so all of those things are still really core to everything we create now. So I want to talk about the fact that you guys launched with just one product, mm -hmm. okay? Which I think yeah. is genius, Thank okay? You. Because I feel like, and this was a conversation, by the way, that we had as well. We launched with just two. We launched with Bloat and Calm. And I remember like people being like, oh, you know, brands typically launch with like a few different products. And I feel like with you guys, because you launched with one, you were able to build credibility and like do a lot of storytelling instead of like almost confusing the customer with too many products. Yeah. So that was honestly the exact mindset that we had is we didn't want to overwhelm people. And so, and we also knew ourselves that we're both big product junkies. We used a lot of different products. We used many different brands. We still adore a number of different brands. And so we wanted to allow people to, and we wanted them to integrate Summer Fridays into the routine in a way that felt really comfortable to them. We needed to earn their trust. And so that really went into just launching with a singular product. And then it also became much easier for people to know what to try. Mm -hmm. So instead of giving, you know, eight new products and trying to figure out, well, what, like, what's the hero product or, you know, what should I try next? It 
allowed each person to kind of integrate jet lag mask, you know, as they wanted to. It's a really versatile product. Um, you know, you can use it as a 10 minute mask, an overnight mask, as a moisturizer. And so there were a lot of different ways that it could be introduced into your routine. And I also think it it allowed us from a branding perspective too, it really allowed us, I think, to to sort of make a bigger impact on people because it was just that one product and it was in that blue, still is in the blue aluminum tube, which at the time I just felt like became this tube that you were seeing everywhere. And especially in sort of like a sea of pink at the time, there was a lot of light pink, which we both love. And we have, you know, some light pink products now, but at the time, I think the blue really jumped out. Yeah, it totally stood out. And like, I just think that this is this is like a story like the fact that you guys launched with one because I followed your brand like right from when you guys launched to obviously still and I think that the way that you guys have done things have been just so intentional and strategic because also like even just from a logistical standpoint releasing 10 different SKUs it's going to eat into your cash flow and like there's yes. then what are you going to do if one doesn't do well like you know what I mean it's yes. just it's not great no, I'm happy that you brought that up because that that actually was another big part of why we did that is just even financially it makes a lot more sense if you're only launching with one product because also you have to not only do you have to formulate the product but then you have to think about you have there's packaging for each product and you have to you know the shipping and manufacturing it and all of that and so many costs that you don't honestly, like really fully consider until you're in it. Mm -hmm. And so that was a big part of when we launched. We were also self-funded when we launched. And so you're, you're kind of, you know, you're thinking through all of those things, like what can I feasibly do? What can I realistically do? I mean, one product is definitely big risk, big reward if, if it works. And so I think had jet lag mask not taken off in the way that it did, it, summer writers may not, may not be the brand that it is now. And so I think we were really fortunate that that happened. And I think that product still feels just so core to who we are as a brand and also really resonated with who we were as founders and what we wanted that product to do. And so I think it's been this like great core part of our brand that then influences, you know, what we create now. So another thing that I wanted to bring up with you is you launched the jet lag mask and then you went on to launch two more masks after that, right? Mm-hmm. What was the thought process behind doing masks? Like, did you know that you wanted to expand into different categories? Like, talk me through the thought process there. We always had big dreams for the brand, but we didn't necessarily know that it would expand into what it is now. And so those first three products were masks, and that was kind of the original vision and, and direction. But I will say very quickly into launching and having the brand, it became really clear that we wanted to expand it into a full skincare line. And we would just always think, you know, and we still think about this constantly all the time as we're formulating is like, what do we want in our routine that Summer Fridays doesn't offer yet? And so that really influences a lot of the products that we make. And then now we have a much bigger community within Summer Fridays where we can get so much feedback. And that goes into formulation and the products that we continue to launch, I mean, is so influenced by the feedback that we get online, which is, as you know, like phenomenal that we have access to that now. I think that that's such an important point you bring up because I think that it's really important for founders or like anyone who's even thinking of starting a brand or like maybe has just one product, whatever it is. I think it's really important to communicate with your community and like mm -hmm. really understand what they're looking for, what they feel is missing, what they think you can do better. I have a question for you guys. Have you ever painted a room? If you have, you have felt the struggle of going back and forth between the paint shop to your home to land on the perfect color. 
It's annoying and the decision fatigue is so real. It's honestly such a painful process that it's almost not worth painting a room at all. Of course, Claire, an innovative new e-commerce paint startup, saw this problem and decided to disrupt the industry, which frankly really needed a change. Claire takes the hassle out of paint shopping with a streamlined selection of designer-curated colors, peel-and-stick paint swatches, and premium paint supplies delivered straight to your door. The brand was founded by an interior designer named Nicole Gibbons, who saw that the traditional paint shopping experience was outdated and full of hassles, so she decided to create a better brand and a whole new experience that's easier, faster, more convenient, and way more inspiring. Claire brings an expert point of view on color and design, which sets the brand apart from other paint companies. Unlike traditional paint brands, which overwhelm you with thousands of colors, Claire focuses on fewer, better colors expertly curated through the lens of an interior designer. Claire is offering you guys a special discount. Visit Claire at www.claire.com slash dreambigger to get started and receive 10% off your order. That's www.claire.com slash dreambigger for 10% off. www.claire.com slash dreambigger for 10% off. This episode is brought to you by Peak, where plants and science intersect. So guys, I am an OG Peak customer. I've been using their Daily Radiance Elderberry Liposomal C for almost two years now, and I've shared it countless times on Instagram. So when Peak wanted to partner on the podcast, I was freaking out. I was honestly so, so excited. I use it for immune support, especially when traveling, because I'm always the most susceptible to catching something when I'm traveling. And ironically, it's the time where I can least afford to get sick. So I really need the extra support. Also, right now with cold and flu season upon us, I feel like this product really is a lifesaver. As a wellness founder myself, you know how picky I am when it comes to my supplements. And I'm picky because I know what works and what doesn't. When it comes to vitamin C, I like the liposomal delivery method because it's maximized for absorption. I also like that the peak formula has elderberry in it and no refined sugars, which I find is a huge issue with a lot of other elderberry supplements. Peak has a limited time special offer for you guys. Go to peaklife.com slash dreambigger for 15% off and free shipping on your first month's supply. That's peaklife, spelled P-I-Q-U-E-L-I-F-E dot com slash dreambigger for 15% off and free shipping on your first month's supply. Trust me, you guys, this product will save you. That's peaklife.com slash dreambigger for 15% off and free shipping on your first month supply. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Relationships are hard, and that's why I'm here. Hey, friend, it's Cammie Crawford. Think of me as your big sister slash audible BFF that you can always trust to give you the real tea. This is my show, Relationship, the advice podcast that covers all relationship topics, the good, the bad, and the straight up shitty. Need advice? Send your story to hello at relationshippod.com or DM me at relationship on IG and tune in for new episodes every Friday. Be sure to follow us and subscribe so you don't miss all the hot goss. And if you're loving the show, 
please leave us a review. Talk soon, bestie. So how do you think you guys successfully developed community? Because you guys have done a phenomenal job with that. Thank you. I really appreciate that. Well, I think it it helped that we we both individually had communities prior to launching the brand. I think there was sort of this innate part of of both of us that felt very intuitive to connect with our community. And so when we launched a brand, it did feel you know much more seamless of of building and growing that community than maybe it would have felt if that wasn't our background. Mm -hmm. And so what's been really cool is that we've seen these individual communities grow, but then what's been even like more beautiful and more special is seeing this Summer Fridays community grow and having such direct communication with that community. And it's always been super direct. We try to respond to all direct messages and we try to respond to comments and we, we do polls, you know, very often asking for, you know, what are people wanting? What do they like? What do they not like? And we also haven't been afraid to make changes based on feedback that we've gotten. And I think that I hope that our community really feels that. And so we always say, like, we're really unafraid to change something if you don't like it, whether it's packaging. Our our lip butter balm used to be in a, a small aluminum tube, which we loved, but it wasn't as seamless to use. And so we changed it to different packaging, which just made the experience better. We have reformulated some products. And so we'll do things and make changes if we feel like it will make the experience better or if it's you know, based on feedback that we've gotten. And I think that has also really garnered a lot of trust with our community. And we always try to have a very intimate one-on-one conversation with people within our community. I think it's so important for people who are going into business to not be emotionally attached to certain things. And Mm -hmm. what I mean by that is I may think that as a founder, something is a really good idea, right? But that's the whole point of having a community and a customer base because sometimes like, yes, I I follow like my gut instincts, but sometimes like I could be wrong, you know? And it's really important to be able to pivot and not feel attached to something. Like the same way that, I mean, you're talking about like the two packaging, for example. I bet like, you know, you loved the idea of that, you know, aluminum (laughs) tube. It was beautiful. But just taking that feedback and like, switching it around quickly, I think is really important. I agree. I think so too. And I think it's made a big difference in in our company. And I think also too, as founders, we always say like, leave our ego out of it. And 100%. I think it's so critical to a company, to building a company, to company culture, to your community, to all of it is, you know, there will be times where, like you said, you'll be attached to something, whether it's an idea of something, whether it's a product, it's something that you visualize in your head, or maybe it's something that did work for Mm -hmm. a little while, but no longer is working. And I think when we can remove any sort of personal ego, the growth becomes that much more substantial. And it's something you just, I think, you know, every day you're kind of reminding yourself of that, of am I making this decision for myself or am I making it for my team and for my community and for what I envision long-term for the company? And it's, you know, it's always longevity for us. I love that. It's such like a valuable tip and a takeaway for all founders. And I just think it's the right attitude to have that, like, just leave your ego out. The company will just go a lot further that way. Yeah, exactly. And sometimes we're wrong. Like you said, you know, we're not, <laughs> we're wrong I'm all the God, time. You know, like, you know I don't know everything exactly. and that's okay. Like, you know, I just, exactly. I, and it's okay to like, I think you just have to make your peace with that. You know, you have yes. to make your peace with the fact that you don't know everything and that, 
you just have to be able to learn. It's like being a student, even in your own company, if that makes sense. Yes, totally. And it evolves too. You know, company people evolve, your company evolves, what people are wanting changes. So it's important to remember. Absolutely. Okay. So I want to talk about the fact that you guys launched a clean skincare brand before it was this like big, huge thing. How did you even know that you could formulate these like super efficacious products and that there was like a real need for it in the market? We, I mean, we've always felt strongly about ingredients themselves. We also, though, are not, we are not chemists and Mm -hmm. we're, you know, so we, we had to really get clear on what we wanted to create, the ingredients that we felt we didn't want to have in it. And then we can work with formulators in, in creating these products. And so we did do a lot of back and forth in the beginning of, you know, we had this idea of what we wanted. And then it took a lot of, of back and forth with labs and trying to kind of finalize these these final formulations. And it still does. It takes several months for us to kind of get to a point where we you know, where everyone feels really, really strongly about something. And we did know it it was possible. And that was, I mean, with the timing of when we launched, there there were a lot of advancements that were being made and there was a lot of information on on ingredients and on product. And then we also had a lot of information from again, our community on, on things that they were asking us when we would share other products. So before we had our own brands, you know, we would oftentimes share other products that we loved and we would get a lot of the same questions. Is this vegan? Is this cruelty free? Can I use this while I'm pregnant? You know, is this safe to use if I'm going to be out in the sun? I mean, all kinds of questions. And so we took a lot of that information and then put it into creating our own brand. We always say they were like, our community was like our focus group, but they, they didn't even know it at the time, you know, but it was taking a lot of that information and then using that to create formulas and products. And one thing that we always say too, and we've said this from day one is most important are products that work. And so while we want ingredients that, you know, we love and we want beautiful packaging and we want it to look beautiful on your vanity and all of that, number one is products that work. And so that goes into everything that we create, we do. And if it's not a really efficacious product, we won't launch it. I mean, that's what keeps people coming back because with like really beautiful marketing, you can get someone in through the doors, but then if they're not happy with it, they're like gone forever and they're probably not going to have very nice things to say about the brand, you know? And that's kind of like, that doesn't create longevity, I don't think. I agree. So while Summer Fridays was taking off, you were a new mom? I was a new mom. Yeah. Oh my God. Okay. Talk to me about that point in your life. How was it? What was that? Because you were essentially going through two major life transitions. One as, you know, becoming a very successful entrepreneur. And the other thing is becoming a new mom. So what was that whole time like? Well, I definitely felt like I was birthing multiple babies. It was, I, I had my actual child and then we were growing this business and it did take off a lot faster than what I think we had anticipated. And so there was definitely, I always say like the first year of summer Fridays, I was juggling a lot of newness. I had a young baby at home. I also had this business that we were birthing and that we were growing and that was really taking off. And I didn't want to say no to work opportunities. And I also didn't want to say no to being really present with my child. And so that first year I did try to do too much. I think I was kind of trying to do all of it. And I'm such a big believer in that we can have it all. We just have to think about in what timing can we have it all? And how do we feasibly do that? What kind of village do we need to create around us? And so I learned a lot within that first year of 
having summer Fridays. And so um, even just things like what kind of village do I need to grow? What kind of help do I need? How can my partner and I work together? You know, I have a phenomenal husband who thankfully was so supportive and like I could not have have done it without that kind of support. But it, that first year was was hard just on a personal level. It was so exciting. It was so exciting. And it was just I was like on a constant high in so many different ways. And then I was also constantly exhausted. And that worked for a year. And then it's not sustainable, you know, long term. It's not sustainable to kind of do everything all at once without, you know, the proper village around you. So people don't realize how important it is to have almost like an infrastructure and in how you're dealing with your personal yes. life. You know what I mean? So what you're saying about setting up the right support system, the right village to help you. I mean, it's insane. I feel like women, the the pressure on us to do all of the things. And then also it's it's this myth that we're also supposed to do it alone. Like that doesn't make sense. It's like not possible. It is not possible. And, <laughs> and so I, I try to tell everyone it's not possible and to not ever feel ashamed or down on yourself for needing help, for asking for help. And help can come in a lot of different forms. And it has to because it also everyone has access to different resources and people and family. And so not, you know, our villages will not look the same always, you know, for some of us, it will be a very big family and, and siblings and aunts and uncles and grandparents who are, are present and around, you know, the other of us may not have as many family members who are around who can help. And that may look in, you know, the form of babysitters or nannies or a daycare system or early preschool or whatever it may be. But I think becoming really comfortable with asking for that help and kind of knowing what you can feasibly handle is really important because a big lesson for me was I I could do all of it for a period of time, you know, in, until I couldn't, until I was just, I was getting physically sick a lot. I felt like I was sick every other week. I was really tired. I wasn't handling stress well. And then it wasn't good. It wasn't good for my son. It wasn't good for my husband. It wasn't good for my work. It really wasn't good for anything. And so in that time, I could very clearly see it once that started happening. And then it was just, okay, what what are the solutions to that? You know, and it was just becoming much more open about what is, you know, what is the village that I need? Also getting really routined. I am such a believer in oh, routine. Oh, I am getting into this. I oh love gosh. a routine. <laughs> yes. And I think routines set you free. I know sometimes there's this myth around, oh, if I'm too routine, does it allow you know, enough room for flexibility. And I, and I do, I, I think it does. I think I, I'm flexible every day when things don't quite go the way that maybe you had planned. But when you have a routine for yourself, it allows so much more space in your life. And so it allow it allows more space for you to think, to be for alone time for, it allows you when you're, when you're off, when you're having your off time, you can have it and enjoy it because you've been disciplined in these other areas. And so that was also, that was a big lesson for me, even again, sort of in that first year of having both, you know, being a new mom and then also having a new business that was really taking off was I found that the more disciplined I was in my everyday routine, the more I could actually enjoy everything in my life. And that was honestly just such an epiphany for me. It was like, okay, if I get up and I know that I'm and this is the type of breakfast that I'm going to have. And this is when I'm doing my workout. And this is when I'm having alone time with myself, alone time with my son. This is when I'm going to have time with my partner. It was, I would make room for all of those things so that I could, I knew that they were there. I could enjoy them. It also takes a lot of the decision fatigue off and yes. a lot of the kind of, I personally find that, for example, if I don't have a to-do list on my day, I'm being, I'm, I feel so scattered 
And I'm like, okay, do I do do this or do that? You know, and it's just it, it takes so much time away from actually doing the thing because it, like your mental energy is just being drained that way. Yes. So I like I'm absolutely with you. The routine thing is like key for me as well, because I feel like it also helps me with boundaries. Right. Like because I'm like, yes, I know that this is when I'm doing this specific thing. Of course, not every day is perfect, but like I know that like my workout will happen in the morning or like I know that, you know, past a certain point, I don't want to be on my laptop anymore. And I can like actually give my brain some time to like turn off and like just think and breathe, you know? Yes. Which is so important. And I think especially now, and I know we're all guilty of this, but we, we see what so many people are doing. And I think especially if you, if you are a big dreamer and you have really big visions for yourself. And I've always, I've, I'm naturally wired that way. I've I've always visualized very big things for myself, which I love. And I love that trait about myself. But sometimes what can happen is when we see so much of what other people are doing, we can also become hard on ourselves and feel like, am I doing enough? And I find myself sometimes asking that question, even while parenting two little kids and running a business and trying to be a good friend, a good partner, a good daughter. And I still find myself sometimes asking, am I doing enough? And I have to remind myself that I'm doing more than enough. I feel really good at the point in my life where I'm at. And it also, if there's something that I want or that I'm visualizing, I constantly think like, okay, life is really long. I can do that at another stage of life. And that's what's so beautiful about it is reminding yourself that life is a long journey and there is time to do all of the things that you want to do. And it's trying to determine what what can I do right now? What can I feasibly handle and take on? What Where am I thriving? And if I don't have space for something, there will be a time for that. There, That will come. I think that this is such a smart thing that you bring up, Lauren, because I think that there is a sequence of events, essentially, mm-hmm. right? And like, I can draw that parallel to our business as well, right? There are so like, if we look at the number of channels or like marketing opportunities, everything that you can do as a business owner, there the opportunities are really infinite, mm-hmm. right? Yes. But I always say that like, no, this is what we're doing right now. And we can only take on like a few things at a time because otherwise you try to do too much Mm -hmm. and then you don't do anything well and you're just overwhelmed. And I think what you're saying about life, essentially it's the same thing that you cannot do all of the things and they can't all happen today, but it's a journey. Right. And, you know, you, you, you achieve those things one at a time. Exactly. Exactly. And sometimes I think it can be tempting. And again, especially I think this just happens sometimes with Mm -hmm. social media. And, you know, you, you're, you're seeing what everyone oh else is God. also experiencing and doing. And then you kind of, you just kind of get into this thing of like, oh, do I, I, I would love to do that too. And there are things like, there are things that I would love to do if mm-hmm. I had the time and, and the space to do them. And sometimes it's just also even requires me being really disciplined with myself and saying as much as I want to do that, that where, where is my focus? Like I, the, the, also the reality of what's happening around me is I do have two really small kids that require a lot of my time. I have a business that is still a new and growing indie business that requires a lot of my time. And so maybe a couple of these other things or dreams that I have, I can have them and they they can remain on my list and I can I can do them and I will do them. But it, it also has to make the timing of that has to make sense. Absolutely. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, 
and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. So talk to me about the specifics around your routine because I am obsessed with a good routine. So talk I am to obs- me. I love a routine and I love a schedule. Oh, speaking and my I, language, oh, Lord. Like I love, I love <laughs> the organization of that. Like it just, it truly, for me, it sets me free. Like I just, I'm such a believer in being routine. So for, I'm, I'm also not intuitively a morning person. And so I bring this up because I used to think that if you were a very routine person, this automatically meant you were awake up at, you know, 5 a.m. kind of person. That's where you felt best. And for some people, you know, it is. But I also think that you don't have to be any specific type of person to be routined. And so for me, for instance, I get up just a little bit before my kids get up. Like when I say a little bit, I mean like 10, 15 minutes before they wake up. I did go through a phase where I was trying to consistently wake up before them and it just wasn't just wasn't working for me because again, I'm, just, <laughs> I'm intuitively like not a wake up at 6 a.m. person. But I will wake up like 10, 15 minutes before they wake up. I First thing I do is stretch. So first thing out of my bed, I do stretches in the morning, say hi to my husband, drink water, like get, I usually will put on some kind of inspiring either meditation or podcast. I love the superhuman app and they have these really great. Oh my either, God, like, yeah, Mimi, she's a friend. I lo- oh, is she? Okay. Well, I love her stuff. And Mariana introduced me to the app and I just love it. Like it always gets my day started off right. Or I will quite literally like be my own hype person and give myself a self pep talk in the mirror about like this lovely great day. <laughs> you know, these are all the beautiful things in my life. And it just gets me started on a really high note. And then kids usually start coming in. Usually um, my son, he's very independent. Actually, he's five, but he's a very independent five-year-old and he will get himself fully dressed. Oh my hair God. Brushed, are you joking? Teeth brushed, like pours his own cereal. I, it's it's really, I can't Old take soul. credit for teaching him this. I, <laughs> I think it's just who he is. And so, so they kind of going back to like, we're all, our, we're all our own people, you know, and that is just who he is. And then I'll grab my daughter from her crib and I'll change her diaper and we'll, we'll go downstairs. We'll have breakfast together. We usually put on really chill country music. I take all my vitamins and supplements, have my coffee, take my son to school. Um, it's like eight o'clock ish, you mm-hmm. know, and then I come back and I I do my workout. And that's usually when I do my longer workout. So I'll either go for a run of a couple of different workouts. I kind of yeah. switch between. Tell, I, me, tell me them all. Okay. So I, I love running. For me, running is like a huge mental outlet for me too. And sort of, I call it like my own therapy. So I try to run usually three to four days a week. I'll go for a run either outside or on my treadmill. And then I- How long um, are you running for? I'm, I'm, I'm fascinated by this because I am so, not a natural runner. So I'm like- you, you do what? <laughs> I, I And by the way, if you are, if you don't love running, I always tell people like, you don't, you don't yeah, have to Yeah, totally. Run. I'm, I, I think it's, it's all about finding the movement that feels good to you. One million percent and, and just moving. So in whatever way that feels good mm-hmm. to you, even if it's, if it's just stretching on yeah. a certain day or it's just going for a walk, maybe mm-hmm. you're, there are days where my body feels more tired yeah. and I don't push it. I just go for a walk or mm-hmm. I'll, you know, walk with my, with meditation or whatever it is. But for me, running is like such a, a sort of source of therapy. I, I also get, can get anxious very easily. And so running really helps kind of calm me. It eases my anxiety. So I usually run three to four days a week distance, like somewhere between two and four miles each time. I'm, I'm not like a marathon type runner, um, but it's, it's long enough to mm-hmm. like get a good sweat and to get my heart rate up and all of that. But 
I can also feasibly do that in the time that I have. So I, I give myself about 45 minutes for like from start to finish, including stretching, warm up, cool down, all of that for a workout in the morning. And so that could either be a run or a walk. I love Pilates apps. Melissa Wood Health. I love her Pilates she's app. The and that, yeah, she's I the best. Her. I also love hot yoga, which I'll go to a class in Santa Monica one to two days a week. And that's something new um, to my routine that I actually do with my husband. And it's oh been my this God, like, I love that. it's been this amazing experience to do together we it kind of it had lived on the list I know we've talked a lot about like our list and what we have time for it lived on the list for years I'm not kidding yeah (laughs) we're gonna do hot yoga we just never did it but finally this like a couple of months ago back in August we started to do it so that's kind of like another workout that we're switching between oh my god that's so nice and then you get into the work day after you work out yes then I get into the work day so for us and what our workday looks like, usually twice a week, we'll go into the office. When I say we sort of like my my team, we have a staggered work schedule. And so for me, I'm always going in Mondays and Wednesdays. And those I know are my office days, which again, I sort of love, yes, love that routine of knowing these are the days that I'm going in, the times that I need to be there. We stack our meetings back to back. And especially with the team members that are really critical that we meet with to keep deadlines going and, you know, so that we stay on top of things. And then if it's not, that's, if I'm going into the office, that's sort of the, you know, I have a, about like a 30 minute drive into work. Mm -hmm. I usually will put on upbeat music or again, one of my, my meditation apps or podcasts Mm -hmm. that I listen to on the way into work. And then if it's not a going into work day, I'll work from home. And on those days, I've kind of set up a schedule for myself where I'll have days that I create content either for myself or for brands or for summer Fridays. And I keep a content calendar for myself and I try as hard as I can to stay disciplined. Is it a specific day of the week that you do that? Yeah. So Tuesdays and Thursdays, I leave open for content. Mm -hmm. So I don't necessarily always have a list of exactly what I'm going to create that day. I kind of have like a running list of ideas, but depending on like either deadlines or sponsored work that I'm work that I'm doing, or if I sometimes will schedule either working with someone who can help with photography Mm -hmm. or with filming something, I schedule that for Tuesdays and Thursdays in general. Yeah. I think it's smart because I always talk about this, that I'm not great at task switching. And so I can't go from like, for example, podcasting to head down work. It has to be a little bit more of like an interactive day on the day that I'm doing podcasts or if I'm creating, I need to just be in that mode. You know what I mean? Yes, I completely agree. And for creating specifically, I give myself Tuesday, Thursday, because there are often times where on one of those days I may not feel as creative Mm -hmm. or as motivated to create content in certain ways. Mm -hmm. So if it's something, um, that maybe doesn't require a lot of creativity, like I know exactly what I need to shoot or how to shoot it, I can kind of do that regardless of how creative I feel in the moment. But if it's something that really requires more of my creativity or I also really enjoy writing, if I want to work on writing something, there are times and days where I just don't feel as intuitively creative. And so I like giving myself the flexibility of having those two days during the week to work on that. And there's always a lot to fill during those days. And I will have, I'll have my email open throughout the day, but even emails, this is another part of my routine and schedule. I think that you could spend your entire day on emails. Oh my God. I I really think we could. Yes. You know, it's it's about boundaries. Yes. So it's, okay, this is, I give myself a block of time for emails to knock through emails specifically. And there are, if something is really urgent, I know that there are other ways people will reach me, whether they'll Slack me or text me, or if, you know, if, if something comes in that they need a response on 
right away. But otherwise, I like to give myself a couple of blocks during the day where I say like, okay, here's a 30 minute block. And I give myself multiple blocks during Mm -hmm. the day because obviously emails are coming in all day. Yeah. But I won't sit and do emails for hours because that isn't a productive use of time. But you could. I mean, you could quite literally sit there. And by the time you're going back and forth and all the emails, you (laughs) could be the end of your day. And then you kind of are like, oh, I didn't accomplish anything except for emails, you know? So I give myself those blocks of time now. I think it's genius, honestly, because otherwise it's like the notifications are coming in and and, and then you feel like you need to respond right away. And then, yeah, like you're done your work day and all you've done is responded to people. It's so reactive. Right. I know. And then you haven't given yourself any time to have ideation, to even even to think about the response sometimes to people. You know, there are a lot of incoming either questions or ideas or, you know, people from my team that are are asking questions or whatever it might be. And sometimes I also need a moment to kind of think on that or to have space on, okay, what what is, you know, do I have clarity on a response to that? Mm-hmm. And I find that if I'm just reactive or trying to go really quickly that I'm not always as thoughtful and intentional as I want to be mm-hmm. in my responses. And it's not you know, if it's an email, I'm just asking for a time I'm available for something. It's like, okay, that's a quick response. Yeah. But if it's something about, you know, choosing the color for a new product or it's about, you know, finalizing copy for something or how something's going to live on our website or, you know, something that I like to just have a, a bit more of an intentional thought process around. Sometimes I'll look at an email and then maybe in the next chunk, but, but you know, if that's a couple of hours later, it just gives me enough time to kind of internalize it and think on it and then give a response. What about meetings? Do you kind of batch them? Because I know that you said that on the days that you're going into the office, you do most of your meetings then? Yes, we batch them, which this has been like such an incredible scheduling hack for both of us. And especially for Marianne and I, because we also have we we have our schedules within summer Fridays, but we also both have individual full schedules and, and brands that we work with and then also like the parenting things on my side. And so for us, we have found what's most efficient for both of us and then also for our team is to batch meetings. And so we'll schedule them back to back on the days that we know we're in the office. And it's a really efficient use of time for everyone because then it allows everyone to kind of like gather their questions, their thoughts, their ideas. And we're just knocking things out in a really efficient way versus, you know, if we really were to spread them out, then you're also kind of losing a lot of time, even just in in like the commute to the office or in if there's sort of like these really long times in between meetings, sometimes that also you kind of like lose people or, you know, it's, it's, so there's something about, I think, batching it and having them back to back in a really efficient way that's been helpful. I'm absolutely with you. I do the same thing. Like I like to batch everything because again, there's all this time in between, or if I've been in meetings, then it's like hard to switch gears and then go into something else altogether. You know, I feel like your mind works in a specific way and like you're utilizing different skill sets or like parts of your brain when you're going into meetings versus like head down work time versus like big strategy. You know what I mean? Totally. I think so too. I think it's good that you like, I think it's really smart to batch it. Yeah. We love, I love, I love a back-to-back meetings day. Oh my God. Yes. (laughs) Just Just like bang it out. I love getting it done. And then also on the days that you're not having the meetings, again, that allows for so much more room for things like creativity and ideation and like, I can't tell you the number of times that Marianne and I will have an idea for something on, especially on sort of like more open days. And so it, it allows for that. And then the meetings days are are super efficient. We're, we're saying all of our ideas. We're talking through things. We're making decisions. But then it also leaves enough open time on those non-meeting days to come up with 
thoughts and ideas and, you know, ways we can further. Well, I think that people don't realize how important it is for founders to actually have or like leaders, whatever it is to actually have thinking time. And I've read this about like the biggest leaders in business that they have time blocked off on their schedule where they're just sitting there and thinking, not just kind of being reactive and taking meetings because it helps you be more creative and kind of have ideas for like the vision of whatever you're doing. And for me personally, I've realized that like Nish and I travel twice a year. We either go to Europe or to Asia. And because we're on a different time zone, that's when either, you know, we're taking a couple of days off or, you know, our meetings are just not happening at the same rate that they're happening here. And then we come back and we're so full of all these ideas because we've actually had time to think and absorb and not just kind of answer to people all the time. And it makes such a difference. It really does. And then that furthers your brand and your company so much. And then also your team feels so inspired by that. You know, if you feel really inspired, everyone that you work with feels that and they feed off of that. And I think that's really important to remember too, because sometimes I, you know, there, there can be this sense of guilt around, oh, if I'm taking too much time, Mm -hmm. you know, to try to come up with ideas or whatever it may be. But I have found that when I'm really excited about something and when I have time to get to even come up with an idea that I'm really excited about, everyone then feeds off of that and it really fuels the company and the people around you. I agree. Okay. So then you have your work day and then what's the rest of your day like? So I usually end my work day like early. I was just saying, I don't end it, but I have kind of this bigger break in the afternoon. And that allows for things like picking up my son from school, which is about three o'clock mm-hmm. and getting him to whatever the sport practice is or whatever it may be. And so I kind of allow this gap of time where I call it like my mom, my mm-hmm. mom gap. And it allows for some one-on-one time. And then, or like I might take my daughter for who's one, I might take her for a stroller walk. Mm-hmm. Or I, I kind of have this chunk in the afternoon that I kind of call my off time. Mm-hmm. And I can really focus on doing things with my kids for a couple of hours. And then I, this is just a personal preference, but I actually enjoy, I am more of a night person. Mm-hmm. A lot of my ideas come at night. I also do shoot a lot of content in the evenings just for lighting is a is a big reason and then again I just kind of feel more that's when I just personally feel really inspired and so usually around five six o'clock ish I actually go back into a couple of hours of work which is probably Mm. different than what most people may do but I think again this kind of goes back to like a routine your routine doesn't have to look like my routine. It's it's what works and, for you. It's what works for you, but it's a routine. And that's that's what matters. And obviously, like for each family, a, a, what works may be different. But even in sort of like how I've organized my village and, and people who can help and support us is kind of based on this schedule that works for me. And so mm-hmm. I have this sort of afternoon chunk that maybe would more traditionally be used to kind of wrap up work. But for me, I actually really like that time to have with the kids. And then sort of that like five, six o'clock time is a lot of times when I'm kind of doing some more work, whether I'm filming content or I'm getting back to any end of day emails. It's also, again, sort of like my inspirational time where I might have a really creative idea mm-hmm. or I'll write something that's on my mind. And then it's usually about 630 that then I'm kind of tuning off again. And that's usually when I'm giving my daughter a bath, getting her into bed, having dinner usually with my five-year-old and my husband. And then it's like bedtime routines. And then I have this end of night, how I kind of end my day, which is also really yes, important tell to me. Yes, tell me how you end your day. Okay. So I think starting your day, ending your day are so, so important to what everything that happens 
in between. Mm -hmm. And so for me, I I really love putting my kids to sleep. For me, that's like a a really big thing. And so Mm -hmm. I always will try to schedule, even if there's an event or something, I'll try to schedule around that. But I love getting my kids down. And then my husband and I go down, we have, we call it like our hour of connection where we kind of, we like talk about our day, everything, whatever happened in the day, things that we have coming up. We've already eaten at this point. We try to eat a little bit earlier. And then I always have magnesium tea every night. Usually I'll just do like some kind of magnesium Mm -hmm. powder. We usually like put the fire on, put on a good show. And then by nine, we try to not have TVs on or being heavily on our screens. I will say for me, sometimes I enjoy a little bit of phone time later, which is technically like probably not great for you, (laughs) but I don't end up having a lot of like my just, if I just want to scroll or see Mm -hmm. even what my friends are doing or other creators, I don't have a lot of time for that always during the day. And so sometimes I find that like late at night, I kind of like to do a little bit of a catch up on Mm -hmm. that, but magnesium tea really helpful. And then I also always stretch before bed. So I know I told you it's the first thing I do in the Mm -hmm. morning. It's also the last thing I do before I get into bed. Mm. Um, And I'll do about five minutes of stretching. That feels really good for my body. I don't follow any specific routine, just kind of like what feels good to me. I keep a yoga mat next to my bed and I do this because it just allows for easier stretching morning and night. And then it's like, I don't even have to think about it because the yoga mat's just already there. That <laughs> so is really smart. I'm very bad at stretching. So maybe I should do that. Right. Just get a yoga mat. I just, then you'll remember it. And it's like five minutes. It's not, you know, it's, I, I won't, I don't do a crazy amount mm-hmm. of time stretching, but I'll do that like right before getting into bed. And I find that that also is like just another really great part of my routine. And then I, I'm also like big on end of day, just thinking about what what were the really positive parts of my day? What were the negative parts? I'm big on prayer. I always pray before bed. So there's like different things, kind of like my own rituals that I like to do in terms of reflection on the Mm -hmm. day that I also find gives me more clarity for the next day. I love that. I think it's like a nice bookend to the day. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So before we wrap, I want to do a quick rapid fire. Okay. Okay. So what is a habit that's a non-negotiable for you? Running. What is a book that you love? Ooh. Or it can be a podcast, one that you'd recommend to people. Well, I love Mariana's podcast. Life with Me podcast is so good for career hacks and tips. And then a book, I'm trying to think of like my most recent favorite book. I love, I mean, I love career books. I love like, okay. I love getting inspiration from people. Like, I read Bob Iger's, Bob Iger's book. And also mm-hmm. there's a lot on decision fatigue within that too of, uh, we were kind of talking about this, but like really trying to narrow down things in your day that create for fewer decisions. So I, I love books and podcasts that give a lot of tips on those kinds of things. Love that. Okay. And then what is a piece of advice that you'd give to your younger self? Mm-hmm. This sounds cliche, but the journey is more important than the destination and the joy is in the journey. And I think oftentimes we have this idea that the end result is what is going to bring this enormous amount of happiness, whether that's financial or something we have visualized, but it really is in the path to getting there I and to enjoy that. I love that tip because you know, and I always say that this is rapid fire is always misadvertised on this podcast because I like <laughs> to get into it. But the the thing that I will say to that is, you know, when you speak to entrepreneurs, a lot of people, it's like, oh, I want to IPO my business or I want to sell it or whatever. And then that day comes and say they sell their business for like a lot of money. And it was always their dream. They got the thing that they were wanting. Yeah. And then it's like this emptiness. And 
just this past week, we were at a conference where I heard of two founders going back and buying their own business like a few years later because they felt so empty without it in their lives. And so you think sometimes you're after this goal and like that's all you're laser focused on versus like really taking in everything that's happening through that whole process of like whatever goal that is. And like that journey is really like a very beautiful thing. And it really is, you know, understanding that like, look at how far I've come. Like, look at what I've achieved so far. Like, look at all the awesome things that even happened in a day. You know what I mean? It's so important. I love that. Even in a day, that's so important to remember. I always try to vocalize that. And sometimes it's hard to find the exact words and kind of how to articulate that. Mm -hmm. But really looking at every single day as an opportunity and being grateful for whatever the opportunities of that day are. And also even when I'm really, really overwhelmed, whether it is with things within my my mom life or within my work life. And I just always think like, wow, I there, there was a time where I really wanted this thing. I dreamed of this thing and it's here. And now we're in this moment. And instead of just thinking about whatever the next moment is, think about what's happening right now. Yeah. How phenomenal that we get this moment right now and whatever it's teaching us and whatever it's giving us. And I just think that's so special when we can take the time to do that. I love that. Lauren, this has been a joy. Tell everyone where they can find you. They can find me on Instagram. I'm at Lauren Ireland. You can also find our brand at Summer Fridays. And you can also find Summer Fridays at Sephora and Revolve and Net-A-Porte. Amazing. (laughs) Thank Thank you so much for being here. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. If you loved the episode and feel like it brought you value, don't forget to rate the show and leave a review. It takes five seconds and really helps the show grow so I can keep bringing on awesome guests. If you want to follow me behind the scenes, you can find me on Instagram at Sif And don't forget to hit subscribe so you don't miss a thing. I drop new episodes every Tuesday, so come hang with me and shoot the shit with some really smart people, learn and unlearn, and have a lot of fun. See you next week. note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.